Con Radio, presented by Wizard World. Radio for geeks. I am the terror that flaps in the night. I am the bug that splatters across the windshield of crime. I am Darkwing Duck, and I'm listening to the Candare Podcast. How about you? Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture right here on Wizard World's Con Radio. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I am Jake Runyon. And we've got a very special episode lined up for you today. We are first going to be talking about implements of virtual reality in this week's retro roundtable of the past, present, and future. Everything that's been made to make, uh, what, how would you word that? The not authentic seem authentic. Right. <laughs> how yeah. would you word that? Take the parts of life you don't want to deal with and replace them with stuff that's cool. There you, you go. in a virtual reality. Hey. I don't follow your logic, <laughs> but all right. What do you mean? Doesn't make sense. I don't know. <laughs> so after we do that, we're going to be going around the table talking about some comics. What do we got this week, guys? I decided to finally take the plunge and get into Spawn. Ooh, interesting. I have not been disappointed. Old, or is there a newer version? Old. I went okay. Origins. Yeah. Oh, wow. Like early okay. on shit. It's That'll like be interesting. classic 90s. It's a little rough, but it's cool. Cool. What about you? The Suicide Squad. Very appropriate. When's that come out? Coming up really August. soon here. Yeah, it's yeah, like August yeah, it 5th. Is. Yeah, it is pretty soon. Very cool. I kept thinking it was farther out than what it is, but I guess it is right around the corner. We're going to be talking about TMNT, Bebop, and Rocksteady Destroy Everything Yikes. comic. Uh, yeah, Bebop and Rocksteady get their own comic. Now, well, we'll go into that later. <laughs> then after that, all the way from the UK, we are welcoming writer Sam Johnson to talk about some of his projects like The Almighty's, Geek Girl, and Cabracini. Voodoo, Junkie, Hit Woman. With a name like that, you cannot go <laughs> wrong. No, you can't. So, so, let's kick the episode off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And... Here we go. I'll be back. <laughs> All right, so implements of virtual reality from the past, present, and future. What brought this up was... Uh, <laughs> A little embarrassed to say, but the Pokemon Go game that's been uh, storming Crips the nation, the yeah. world. Yes, um, I had to try it out. I was going on a bike ride already Saturday. I thought I'd try it out on the way, and my God, was it fun! This is like the most successful bid for world domination out of any country since Germany <laughs> in World War Two. <laughs> It amazes me because the concept is so simple. I mean, it take, it's your GPS. It uh, makes, like, churches, libraries, stuff in your area, like gyms. But, I mean, you just go driving or biking or walking the streets, and you can catch these little animals, build them up, and then train them and fight them at the gyms. I'm just having a lot of fun with it. It's such a simple concept, though. I mean, it's like uh, Snapchat. Have you guys seen Snapchat yeah, at all? Yeah, it's just I same know, kind I of thing. It just know exactly though. It lays something on the screen, you know, that it looks mm, like is sitting. Got in all the like but, filters and junk. But yeah, yeah. It's just, you're taking that concept, the like augmented reality thing. Exactly, yeah. one step closer to bringing Pokemon to a reality. I mean, Jesus, wasn't this like everybody's dream when they were an elementary school kid? Oh yeah, and Pokemon came out. You're like, why can't they be real? You know, like, <laughs> now it is pretty much come. close to be. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's yeah. What's after this? You know, uh, 
the VR that the PlayStation's going to have coming. I mean, that'll be crazy. <laughs> and it links to your nervous system, and yeah. you can't tell fiction from reality, yeah. and they start actually mauling you, and we get this Matrix situation. The thing that I've never understood about Pokemon, though, is that if they were real, there'd be people protecting them out the oh rear end. You wouldn't yeah, be able yeah. to fight the darn things. No. I mean, it's like cockfighting now, you know? How, how is it some huge corporation hasn't captured all of them? You know what I mean? It's like, true. you've got evil groups that are trying Team Rocket or whatever the hell, but it's like, how difficult would it be to, like, mass produce, create an army of what? Dragons? You know, these things are so <laughs> dangerous. There'll be Pokemon mills all over the oh, place. Oh, yeah. Starving. Get your sickly Pikachu. <laughs> I really don't think you need mills because you walk outside and there's like 50 Caterpies at your, your children getting mauled. <laughs> so you actually end up fighting them too? It's you not will, just yeah. Them. You have to hit level five to like level them up and uh, take them to a gym. But yeah, you still have to. You got to get them pretty high level in order to take down some of these uh, bigger animals at the gym. You, you know something I can't get over, and this has been bugging me since this Pokemon Go thing gained traction. Is this not the best thing that's ever happened to pedophiles? <laughs> they can just flip on their phone. It's like, uh, oh, here's where life. all the Pokemon yeah. are. Here's where all the kids are going to congregate. Sitting there in a wife beater and a bag of candy. <laughs> Big bug net in their hand. Little kids like Jigglypuff. There's one right down the road. Oh, Lord. I never thought of that. I mean, if you look through the news, there is all kind of uproar about oh, it. because people, people finding dead bodies. Well, people... And people whoa, what? Yeah, finding dead yeah. bodies? It was like some girl found a body floating. Floating in the river, she was looking for Psyduck or some such noise, and she found someone who went missing. I oh my that god, Psyduck was a little yeah. bit. Weird. I know, yeah. right? Shady like, yeah. oh, I've got a headache. No, that son of a bitch is up to something. <laughs> that headache is his guilty conscience <laughs> weighing down on him. <laughs> Need to kill again. <laughs> but uh, no, what a fun game it uh, is! I recommend trying it out. Just. If you're walking or biking around, just make sure you're careful. I can't think of how many times I heard that alert go off. I get excited and almost jut out into the middle of the road. So, well, at least you're not on your bike with your phone in your hand. Kind of like, <laughs> no, there's no, no, there's no, no. And one trick I found because they have a little additional thing you can buy that vibrates you clip on yourself. I just put headphones in, kept them at a low level, put the phone in my pocket with the app open, and when you're in the vicinity, you can hear like a little ring. You just pull the bike over, get off, snap it, and go. God, I'm a dork. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, you're in good company. Uh, it's it bad enough good. listening to myself talk now, but when I go back and edit this episode... you got to face the reality. <laughs> That's better than sitting there on it your may couch not playing air. Pokemon. You're actually getting out and doing something. Yeah, I've never been huge on the franchise. I like the RPG games, but that was about it. I never got into the cards or anything, but this is uh, kind of reeling me back in, this game. I did, like, briefly. Like, back in the day, I was big into the cards, and then I brought my holographic Charizard to school. Some son of a bitch took it. Yeah, that was it. I was done. I'm like, I hit the top. Here I am. It's over. Yeah. Well, we might as well just retitle this Pokemon Retro Roundtable, actually. But let's let's move past Pokemon. That being the inspiration, implements a virtual reality. Let's go into the past a little bit. The earliest that I can remember is the Virtual Boy. Yeah. Did you guys have any experience I, with I those? came really close to getting one. But it was like near the end there, they were like, oh, you get migraines. And my parents were like, nay. You dodged a bullet. Did I really? Yeah, they only made a handful of games before it was uh, canceled, but um, I mean, even in Virtual Boy, you were still like in third-person mode. I had like, oh, a, like a jet game that you were behind the jet, you were never in the cockpit. There was Mario Tennis where you were behind Mario, you know, you weren't... Maybe there were games that had you in first person, but none that I saw. Huh. It was more just like how the 3DS is three-dimensional, you're playing that mm. way. Yeah, yeah, I just... Uh, it was weird. It was like two-dimensional layers, though. The 3DS makes everything look 
you know, rounded uh, yeah, and everything. Yeah. This was just like flat characters on different layers and that horrible red. It was like yeah. Kenny Rogers roaster red almost. <laughs> <laughs> Once I saw when I was I went to a Kmart and saw it on display that it, it just sat there with that tripod and you had to come to it. You yeah. come to you that Kind of was like, child. well, no, this is stupid. I'm not going to just sit there and lean across the table while I'm right. And there trying were to play video games. Ways you could do it, you know, you could lay on your stomach on the living room floor. That way, you're somewhat in the same atmosphere you typically play your video games in. Yeah. Or you go sit in at the kitchen while your family's elsewhere at the table playing a video game. Constantly a reminded chair, what know. a disappointment their yeah. child. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing it again, honey. <laughs> I hope you go blind. Yeah, so, I mean, they were shutting out the world around you to immerse you into the game, but I can't say that they truly achieved the virtual reality reality experience they were going for. It was a ballsy move, that. though. The fact yeah. that they tried it all is cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what else since? Uh, holograms. We were just talking about this earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're bringing the dead back to life. That's a big deal. Yeah, Tupac, Michael Jackson doing performances even after they've died. And I've seen on, uh, like, CNN before, too, Occasionally, they'll have a hologram of somebody oh, yeah. standing there, and my God, does For it look no real? No reason. <laughs> yeah, it's just like this is how much money CNN has. <laughs> you know, I want to see that in person because it's still. It just looks like it's just a projection on the back of it that looks like it has depth to it. Doesn't look like it's really right there. They're just like firing be. light at mist, right? Isn't it, or is it actually the crossing of particular? I'm still not sure I'm, how yeah, you I'm get sure like either. an isolated image. I really don't know. I think it's a combination. I always thought it was like the mist thing. It was like a, yeah. a real low mist that's not really visible to you, but it's able to catch and display those images. But what I've seen, and mind you, just from low def uh, YouTube videos or like the Tupac and Michael Jackson ones where if you were to be close to them they looked animated almost mm-hmm. in the face and stuff they did not look authentic to be them right. now the ones on CNN are actual projections of people so they looked real you know they're not like reconfigured you know robotic kind of things it's actually somebody broadcasting like you know hologram Skype kind of thing kind of like on a what Captain America 2 when they're in the conference room and everyone was there's kinda, a big table those of those relied on reflections but yeah, but yeah kind of awesome. like that that's how that worked yeah it really was that's and cool effect Remember, remember the thing we uh, we tried where you take the like a uh, transparency sheet and you cut it into that cone. Oh yeah, and oh, set yeah. it on the phone. You set it on your yeah. phone and find, look up what were those videos called? Just uh, like three hologram Something videos. Like, yeah, hologram video. On yeah, YouTube. and you set your phone, you know, just higher than your line of sight, and it looks like whatever's on the screen is uh, floating within that. Those are really cool. Like like the precision oh, you need to get that little shape perfect right though, that, it's hard yeah, it's yeah. really hard and then to keep your fingerprints off the damn thing. <laughs> yeah but the first night uh i made we made those things i brought it home it was on a friday after work and uh, me and brooke shut ourselves in the bathroom to get all the lights out and turned it on just sat there on the floor we were watching like disney fireworks and shit <laughs> mind you it's, it's all within like an inch by inch little window but it looked like it was happening you know right there above the phone so you got cool. your ipad find some clear plastic from like oh, blister yeah. packs or something like that I didn't think about that. That'd be a lot bigger. That's a good idea. Yeah. I'm going to go to the store and buy some plexiglass. <laughs> we might just have to cut the uh, episode short right now. No, Guys, we got to go. We're going to the store. I remember uh, years back researching like uh, like haunted house effects and stuff. This thing's always got to me, you know. And uh, I remember how to do the ghostly mirror image in your window. The people walking by outside, like a transparent face just hovering in the window. And it's the exact same concept. You lay a flat screen TV on its back, you know, below the window, obviously where people out there can't see, screen facing directly up. 
and you angle like a 45 degree angle a piece of plexiglass over the TV into the window so it projects up and out the window. That's all it takes. They've got yeah. new things that are, it, I want to say it's like a real fine cloth that you hang over your door and it's got a projector that I've the, seen the, those that things thing. are crazy. Yeah. I saw a video where, <laughs> man, if I was this girl, I would divorce this asshole the second <laughs> I got the chance. But this dude, he has a YouTube video, I can't remember his name, where the video starts with him. He's like, hey, I'm going to pull a prank on my wife. And camera over his shoulder, she's asleep in bed. He, the sheet you're talking about, he hangs up in the doorway. So <laughs> you, you can still see down the hall. And with the lights off, you'd never know it was there. And then sets his laptop up at the foot of the bed, projecting onto it. So, so she, you know, she can't see it looking off the foot of the bed. It's lower. Does that make sense? Yeah. And he s- starts this video of a little girl standing in the hallway. Oh, no. <laughs> and she wakes up and sees it and is like, is aware of it, but then just rolls back over and throws the sheet over her bed. Like, okay, I didn't see that. <laughs> and then peeks back out. Well, this little girl, I don't remember what she says. She says something, but then like the librarian in the beginning scene of <laughs> Ghostbusters, yeah. erupts into this big floating entity. And my God, she... Oh, she had to have shat the bed. <laughs> She's dead now. <laughs> I have to know, if I ever did that to Brooke, oh my God, I'd be homeless, man. Uh, same here, yeah. <laughs> We're done. Yeah. <laughs> and air coming to you live from behind the Burger King. <laughs> I'll show her prank Misty pranks all the time. I'm sitting there cracking up. If you ever did that to me, I'm like, well, I know I wouldn't do that. <laughs> Candare broadcasting from behind the Burger King does have a benefit. There's a uh, there's a Pikachu back there we can oh, catch. Well, see, <laughs> it's all coming again. <laughs> Very cool. All right, uh, what else? What other implements? I guess the Wii and the Wii U would be other implements of uh, virtual reality that yeah, have been yeah. sort of to bringing us. you into the game rather than immersing you yeah. in the thing. For the person who's uh, too lazy to go to the bowling alley, right? You can bowl from your couch. You know. Oh man, I used to. I did a lot of Wii bowling. Me too. Not proud. Oh, it, it was fun. I, I I didn't make that joke saying it's a shameful thing. I took advantage of oh, it, Oh, that's what I'm saying. Right no. <laughs> well, I disagree. Oh, we, okay. uh, we Resort 2 was amazing. Uh, you had, like, the American Gladiators sparring kind of oh, cute things. One. Yeah, the second one was way better than the first. But it, the one I loved was archery. You had oh, to, like, compensate for win, like, pull your arm back, the whole nine yards. It was so Damn, much fun. I might have liked to do that. Yeah. I mean, I missed out. it is a virtual reality, but not total world right. immersion. That's that's. I guess that's what we're going for, getting closer to that total world immersion. Sort of bridging the gap, you know. Yeah, exactly. Keep it away from that screen and controller dynamic and more, like, you're part of it. Right, right. We didn't do that with sports as much because instead of just holding the remotes, you have to go to the store and get the, like, the... The tennis racket attachment, oh, so it oh, feels yeah. like you're holding a tennis racket. Oh, we never had sports. Uh, resort was the one we had, the second the second resort, yeah. They still would have had stuff like that, though, like archery, where it looks like a bow and a string that you actually Oh, maybe they it. did. I, I didn't see them. We never had them. I mean, you just hold, uh, I don't know, the main controller out in front of you, click in on your Z button on the small part and pull back yeah. and let go, you know? It yeah, was... they actually had a whole thing where you'd hook a rope and stuff so it felt oh, like... Wow. Yeah, that's the, not just the money dump. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I get uh, as fun as I'm saying the archery is within about f- ten to fifteen minutes. Like, okay, I'm good for another uh, cool. for three months or so. <laughs> I'm so, tired now. <laughs> <laughs> I better go take a nap. I've earned it. Wolf <laughs> down a cheeseburger. All right, I got my exercise in. I did yeah. some sparring. Right, that's what matters. Jet skiing, jet skiing was on there too. That was a lot of fun. You know, uh, when my Kinect still worked, thanks Microsoft. There was a <laughs> uh, a Kinect jet ski demo thing, and I have to say, as like 
critical as I've been of like motion controls and stuff, that jet ski game worked exactly the way you'd want it to. Did it really? It just felt right. You know, you you, you kind of hunch down and you mimic the stance of holding the, you know, like the handlebars and steering yeah. a jet ski. Mm-hmm. And as you turned, it, it could make gentle turns. It really read your motions and, you know, you would tilt to get into a tighter turn. And, you know, crank the throttle with your right hand, and it, it recognized all these things, and it fed into the game, like, one for one. I remember being really impressed with that. Wow. Hmm. Yeah. But, That's really neat. But um, again, it was one of those things where it's like I played it for, like, 20 minutes. I'm like, yeah, that was cool. And then right. they collected dust for three years. There used to be a game series, and it may still exist. I think it was called the F-22. Just F-22. It was like yeah. a fighter jet. You remember that? Yeah. Like, you always had to, like, oh, yeah. protect Air Force One or take down <laughs> these terrorists or... They were fun games. I loved them. And uh, I don't remember what console it was, maybe just Xbox, Xbox 360. When they put out a newer version of it, they actually released a big set of, like, jet controls. Oh, you yeah. laid it out on a table in front of you, and it suction cut down so it wasn't sliding. Those are sweet. So you actually had, like, you know, the the joystick, like you, Top yeah. Gun or whatever joystick. That's probably <laughs> such a lame like The flight stick. The flight <laughs> stick. The jet stick. There you go. The explosion stick. Yeah, but then your other hand, you know, was totally busy with all these other buttons. And as cool as that is, you know, they're, again, immersing you into that world as quickly as you get bored with that game. You know, okay, I just bought this $100 controller for what, you know? There was a game like that called uh, Steel Legion, something like that. Battalion. Yes. Steel Battalion. That's the yeah. There was one on the Xbox One that's bombed. Mech game? Yeah, yeah. yeah they and tried to bring was, it back, and it was totally different than the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the earlier one had like a $150 set of crazy controls with like I an eject button. And yeah, it's awesome. But then you play the game, and you're like, eh. It was only single player. It wasn't multiplayer, yeah, so, so that sucked. Huh. But you had to, once you got in your mech, you know, the, the canopy would close. You had to do a certain startup sequence. No flipping kidding. Flipping switches and I knobs. Would, like, I love doing that. That's yeah. awesome. For whatever reason, that blows my mind. But And when you're in battle, the switches actually did stuff. Like, you could shut down your, uh, what, like, exhaust so you didn't have heat signatures. So there's and stuff strategy. On it. I mean, yeah. it allows for a lot more strategy. Oh, yeah. I can totally understand why you get that. I mean, once you master that complicated procedure, it's so much yes. more rewarding. Pilot. Now, as badass as Titanfall is, it's, I mean, you just walk up, get into him, and you're, you know, your dude's controls become the mech controls. Right. Just forward, just backward, fire, punch, you know. Being on foot and then being a Titan, you're just like on foot, but you're real big. Yeah. You know? Not to talk down Titanfall. No, Great I, game. Geez, how Great much Titanfall game. have we played for guys? Oh, my God, too much. A sequel's going to be cool. We may have to take a few weeks off I'm here. thinking so. <laughs> I actually pretty much built my own virtual reality set for that steel battalion game because I, I made you a, talking about that. Yeah, I made a, a cabinet arcade style cabinet and was able to sit down in it had the uh, the subwoofer underneath my chair so the the rumble would come through <sighs> that's awesome. awesome so do you still have the thing no Dis- no, just I, disassembled it. It kind of stayed with the roommates that I moved out from. Brutal. Yeah. Then it was. It only worked with the one game. Or uh, yeah. I'm, well, I mean, you could have played if I had a like a steering wheel. You could put in there. Put and a car, like, race and, car and stuff. Yeah. Wow, that'd have been yeah, cool. Steel Battalion even had foot pedals too. Really? Yeah. You know, I was at a at a convention in Indianapolis. It was Gen Con a few years ago. And they had this setup of, like, big giant metal pod things. And I kept walking by, and I'm like, what, what are those? Is this a crematorium? Are they incinerating <laughs> Go on And there. I asked him, like, what's going on, man? He's like, oh, Mech Warrior, dude. Yeah. What? And so I get in line. 
fucking immediately get inside this thing. It's got the screens that literally like shifted down in front of you. Like it was oh, all man. motorized and center. You had your like throttle on the side and aiming your weapons. Then you could bring down a separate targeting screen for like your missiles oh. and stuff. It was like keypads all oh, over the yeah. place. Yeah. So like an awesome. actual like pull down apparatus. Oh yeah, man. When you really? wanted to zero in for like your Gauss rifle or PPC or whatever. Switching like, to targeting computer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh yeah. There you go. So cool. And and I targeting remember for peaches. there were like <laughs> there were like 10 of them in a row and it was all competitive. You were fighting against everyone else. Mm-hmm. But I came in first and I didn't even know how to move my legs for the first like five minutes I, I was playing. I'm like, help! I'm just like a turret in place shooting whatever's nearby. <laughs> wow. Apparently nobody saw that coming. <laughs> they had that at, what, Dave and Buster's I think it was Did when I was really? in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. I don't know God. if it's still there. I've but never seen it. It sucked because you get down in it. Like at the end too, you get a printout of like the whole battle. Like so-and-so did this much damage with this weapon on this side, this one. But yeah, I remember sat down and I'm like, keypad, sitting there switching different screens all over the place. And then all of a sudden I'm getting hit, sirens are going on. I'm like, oh God, what do I do? Right. Floods the cockpit with gas. Just a freaking... <laughs> it's so hot in here. I didn't mean for any of this to happen. Tell my wife. Uh... <laughs> Tell my wife. <laughs> Well, I, I guess that would uh, speak for a lot of the implements of the past. Uh, present, the only thing I can really think of, I mean, other than the Pokemon Go app, would be like the Google Glasses. Uh, didn't you order some mm. of those? Yeah, those things were cool. Before yeah. uh, Force Awakens came out, they had that whole Jakku spy thing, so you saw right. little, little bits and pieces of it. And for those of you who don't know, the Google Glasses was just a, what was it called? Cardboard? Cardboard. Like Google app- Cardboard. The glasses are there you go. a pair of glasses so you can surf the internet and stuff. Oh, okay. I'm horribly mistaken. I'm that behind is, the times here. That is the future of invasive advertisement. Yeah. When those yeah. glasses are widespread enough that just about everybody's got them, how many pop-up windows are going to be assailing you on your way to work? Bad enough going to a website on your phone and all of a sudden the whole screen switches to something else. Or like when it shifts a quarter of an inch up yeah. into the... Like, you you lose. I was reading you Yeah, You're going to be just walking down the street and in the bottom uh, left corner of your vision is going to pop up a dude and it says Bachelorette tonight at 8 o'clock. You know? <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Stomp him out I'm first. I'm done with this shit. <laughs> But yeah, the Google glasses were cool. I mean, when you or the damn it, the Google cardboard, excuse me, yeah. was cool when you brought it over because uh, your phone just slides in it. And then what was it we were looking at? Like Paris, France, or something? It was uh, yeah, had it was, you right in front of the Eiffel Tower, and any which direction you looked, you could see stuff. It wasn't like live moving uh, feed or anything. It was just photographs, but still, you could move about. It was kind of like in uh, Google. Maps. If you access it on your computer, how you can take the little guy up oh, yeah, and drop him on the street, view. get the yeah. street view. It's like that. Kinda. I used to spy on my old house that oh. I moved out of like six years ago. I was like, I wonder if it's still kind of crappy. It creeps me out when I can go to Google Images and find a picture of my car sitting in my own driveway. <laughs> yeah. You know, there's something about that. Maybe I shouldn't be so trusting of this Pokemon game after all. <laughs> Just another way into our lives. You must fight the evil power. That's <laughs> And then what do we have? The PS4 VR coming out in October. Catching in on yeah. the, on the yeah. craze. I think that's going to be the uh, one that actually does it from the looks of it. I mean, uh, the thing I saw on the internet, I just watched a video of the perspective, and it looks like you're driving a truck, and you can interact with everything. There's like a cup on the dash you can pick up, throw out the window if you want. Um, but you shouldn't, because littering is wrong. Right, even in the virtual world. And drinking wrong. and driving. Right. Don't drink and drive. So, I, I mean, I don't know enough about the PS4 VR to, or the PSVR to say any more than what I just said. I don't know if you guys have any yeah, details. I, but I think it's going to be really accessible mm-hmm. compared to stuff like the Oculus and Vive and whatever, yeah, where yeah. your computer's got to be, like, pretty substantial notch, to yeah. handle it. Like, I, I got a nice computer I put a lot of work into, but I still wouldn't 
feel comfortable running some of these VR programs and just mm-hmm. like all the be choppy and oh, work yeah, very well. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like all the processing down. power yeah. it takes to like put you in an entire world. It's like I don't want to. I don't want to burn out my computer. Yeah, <laughs> right. I know the games are probably going to be horrible at first. Oh yeah, be just, yeah, they always are. Just wait yeah. a little while. There's some cool stuff coming out on Steam, like VR related stuff. Some cool like sword fighting and puzzle games and stuff. You ever play like uh, Missile Command? Mm-hmm. That old game, you know, where you've got like your three little bases on the bomb. You're trying to intercept missiles coming down from the top. Yeah, of the yeah. They've got a version of that where you're like on the ground and you use your little controllers to like aim at the incoming missiles. It looked, really, it looked pretty sweet. But uh, well, know. yeah. I mean, it, it's a matter of time. You know, once this PSVR is out, you know, it's already in the works. Probably oh, that sure. you know Xbox will have their own. It's probably yeah. done. Yeah. You know, yeah, <laughs> Steam will have one. Hype. Yeah. So uh, I don't think I'll be able to probably get one at launch. That's a bit too much money for me to gamble it's a on. Big investment, and yeah. when push comes to shove, is it really that much better than sitting down playing a game? You know, what do you have to compromise for that immersion? It depends what kind of games they put out for it. I mean, if they put out like a <laughs> ride along with Batman for the weekend game, <laughs> I'm gonna buy <laughs> that shit. <laughs> you sell my know? car, right? Right. Just sitting there in the Batmobile, looking around. Wow! Can I touch this button? No, don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, it'll be cool to see what they do, but I don't know. I just I keep thinking of the Virtual Boy. I mean, when that came out, Christ, it was everywhere. I mean, everyone thought this is it, yeah. virtual reality, <laughs> the future. It's here, <laughs> and uh, what a lot of you know a lot of money was lost there. So. Let's let this thing get cheaper. Always let them work out. Get better. Work out the bugs. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not a launch day guy. No. I don't go in for that shit. I so, want to try uh, out the Star Trek battle. The battle, the, what is it? Oh, like the bridge The bridge crew, thing. Yeah. Like that I would play the hell. That, that would be seems pretty cool. That you can get right now. You don't need any special um, equipment or anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you can just play it on your laptop or whatever. Really? It's like not that graphics intensive. I just want I the mean, captain geez. to yell at me so I can be like, yeah. shut up. No, I'm yeah, going to kill us all. Like Do it, three of us could get it and... You can, probably, you can probably play with three people. I think you, it recommends like five or something. Oh, yeah, for the whole crew. We just play without a captain. If only we had mutiny. two more friends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for our retro roundtable. Uh, that was fun. Yeah. I think, I think we uh, should, still should probably do a Pokemon one. I think we got a lot of people's oh, yeah. hopes up here. Um, do you know a lot about them? Pokemon? No. Not so much. I didn't okay. keep up very well. That, well, we're going to have uh, Kyle probably be sitting in for you in a oh, few weeks. You're off, and I know guy. he's our dude yeah. on that. So yeah. we'll save that for when Kyle's here. Yeah, I'm pretty good on just first generation, I think. Right? Like, I don't yeah. know anything about the weird spiky robots that the comprise the later generation. Yeah, when I when I enjoyed that franchise originally, it was when there was only, like, a uh, hundred of those little animals. Yeah. Now there's, like, thousands, <laughs> and I don't know any of them. Pokemon so. number 634, the ghost grass sword type. Like, what do you even say? <laughs> Anymore. That I'm done. Oh, yeah. Alrighty. His name is just consonants. There are no vowels. How do I pronounce it? Alright, with that, let's just move into the comic dump then. Who would like to go first? I think you went first last time, so it's I down did. to me and you. You want to flip for I'll it? I'll go first. Alright. <laughs> Forget a fair chance. Okay. I'm just taking it. <laughs> I got a graphic novel, Suicide <laughs> I know that book. Suicide Squad, Volume 1, Kicked in the Teeth. And just because the movie's coming out, I, I really didn't know much about Suicide Squad other than, other than the commercials for the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think it's the first or second season of Arrow they brought a, a Suicide Squad in, which... 
You didn't watch the animated one that came out like two, three years ago? No, I don't think it's a like DC movie. One. I've got it. I'll let you uh, watch it. I'm assuming that's what the movie's going to be based off of is hmm. the animated short, uh, not short, but animated DC movie. Okay. Anyway, continue. Sorry. Uh, it's pretty good. It makes me kind of more interested in seeing the movie. If, instead of having a Killer Croc on the team like the movie, they've got King Shark, which anyone that I saw. I don't like that. Saw the Flash. It's yeah. pretty much the same deal. He just yeah. eats people constantly. Is he? Is it? he just a shark? Like with he's pretty much he's just, just a shark, a, dude. A man shark. Yeah. He's like a street shark. Oh, that's why he has no charisma. <laughs> I was trying to angle there, but kill. <laughs> they had El Diablo, the guy with the tattoos all over the place that just burns everything. I guess as he uses his power, the tattoos disappear. Oh, really? Which is pretty neat. Yeah, I've never heard much about him. Of course, Harley. And it's the bustier Harley with the small shorts, red and blue hair. Mm-mm-mm. That <laughs> looks good. I don't know if I like hers. Much. That's what it says on the Wikipedia page. <laughs> Harley Quinn. <laughs> I can't help it. I got to think for these fictional characters. And of course, Deadshot, which he was in the one from the Arrow TV show, which I like that guy. He's pretty mm-hmm. pretty cool. Uh, Captain Boomerang was in it also. <laughs> Basically, they get. I mean, you know the whole story. They're all prisoners. They get a. Nano explosion or nano bomb injected into their brain. So if they screw up, then they can just kill them instantly. Right. But there's some kind, some kind of goings on at a an arena. Ends up being this was a nano. It was like nano zombie zombie virus. Yeah. Where you turn to like into a robot and a zombie at the same time because it's double badass. <laughs> yeah, for DC, it was pretty pretty violent. Yeah. Glory. There's people's bodies just get ripped up, blood everywhere. Wow. Uh, it was pretty neat too because the suicide, Deadshot just he would take out anyone on the, his own team if he needed him as a patsy or whatever. It, it's like he was the 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 head honcho of the whole thing, even though that sometimes another guy would come in to the team and think he was the boss. But it was pretty good. Seems pretty good. Yeah, we'll have to read it. I wonder. I want. I would like to read that to see how it measures up to the animated movie I've seen. Then that should give me some insight what the movie or the movie the big movie will be. Uh, yeah, I would think. Anyway. All right, very cool. Suicide Squad. Squad. Uh, I'll go next. Your last, Jake. Oh, jeez. <laughs> okay, what I have this week, uh, TMNT, Bebop and Rocksteady, Destroy Everything. Again, as our listeners know, I love TMNT, so when I saw this on the shelf, I couldn't resist. But when I picked it up, I didn't expect much of it. I mean, the cover doesn't uh, make you want to take it very seriously <laughs> by any stretch, but... Um, my God, was I surprised. It was an amazing book. It starts out with the turtles breaking into the uh, Natural History Museum in New York City uh, at night. And the whole reason they're there is uh, Donatello wants to check out this new exhibit. <laughs> and Leonardo the whole time is like, there better be some reason behind this, you know, if you're breaking us, you know, making us do all this for nothing. And he goes, oh, there's a reason we need to be here. Look at the bones in the addition to this new exhibit. And it's the bones of Bebop and Rocksteady. Like <laughs> oh, prehistoric bones that are up there. And they're like, what in the heck is going on? Well, these bones were found with a mummified uh, woman who's holding this crystal on her chest between her fingers. So then it cuts to Bebop and Rocksteady. They're uh, on the other side of the world. I don't remember where, but they're working just muscle for hire. And it picks up with their current employer saying, you guys have destroyed everything. You ruined all my guns, all my weapons. You know, I'm going to kill you. Sends them into berserker mode. Uh, Obviously, Bebop and Rocksteady take them out because they're brawn. They're no brains. They're all brawn. You piss them off enough, get out of the way. But in the end, find themselves unemployed. Again, nowhere to go, nothing to do. The foot has been crippled uh, by the turtles as the current IDW series is. Anyway... 
Michelangelo touches a stone in the girl's uh, in the mummified girl's chest, and it opens up this time portal. And out comes this character by the name Renette. Now, this girl, as far as I know, made her appearance uh, for the first time in the newer cartoon series, 2012. And what she is is she's like from Earth's future, but she's a keeper of time. And uh, in the cartoon, she had this like wand kind of scepter thing. And I've seen different incarnations of her with a scepter. Her scepter in this is very reminiscent of the scepter from the uh, horrible third Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie where they go through time. So I liked that little uh, Easter egg detail there, though. And uh, she comes out. She knows the turtles. The turtles know her because they had encountered her in prehistoric times when they went back in time in some series I decided to skip over uh, last year. But uh, what they end up finding out is that the mummified person they're in question about is actually her, Renette, Hmm. from the past. She had gone back in the past and something like let herself die and made it so the turtles years later would find this crystal and summon her to stop Bebop and Rocksteady from doing what they're doing because they have found their own scepter and are now jumping through time. So the comic ends with them jumping back to New York where they think, hey, we're home, finally we can put an end to all this. They go back to their old crib and they find them young, their younger selves not mutated. They're waiting on them going, what the hell are these monsters doing in our apartment? And they're like, what are these humans doing in our apartment? <laughs> it's pretty cool. But uh, I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, my explanation really didn't do it justice. It was a lot of fun to read. If you like time travel and junk, this is the one for you. Check it out. Bebop and Rocksteady destroy everything. Sweet. And then there was Jake. And then there was Jake. The best of the three. No. <laughs> oh. all right. Um, I read Spawn Origins Volume 2 today. I've been meaning to get into Spawn. I think I've mentioned it on the show Mm. before. It's like one of those things that's always been on the periphery of things I'm into, but I never really took the plunge. Finally committed to it. And the reason I started with um, Origins Volume 2 is because, like, I kind of get where he came from. Al Simmons, you know, deep cover, black ops, assassin, you know, all the dirty work. He's your guy. Gets on the wrong side of his higher-ups or something, gets killed. Sent to hell, recruited by Malabolgia to become his next Hellspawn agent on Earth, and so on and so forth. And I had also read that uh, Volume 2 had, like, um, writing from Neil Gaiman, Alan Moore, uh, Frank Miller, like, all these heavy hitters. And I'm like, let's just skip the introduction, you know, let's dive right in. And I was not disappointed, because there's some really wicked stuff. The first story is probably the, the weakest part of it. Not that it's bad, it's just, like, so 90s. You know, it's just like really gritty and everyone's muscular and they're snarling at each other. And something about 90s comics have these like they love huge, huge guns. Yeah, they do. But no one who's ever drawn a 90s comic has ever like seen an actual gun before. So they just become huge, long masses of rectangles and clips sticking out of everywhere. And it's like, how do you hold it? How do you fire it? What does it shoot? Whatever. Right. But, um, you know, it opens up with one of those, and he just fights a cyborg overt kill, which is one of, I don't know if it's one of my favorite or least favorite villain names in all of comic books, but it just kills me. And um, Overt kill. Overt kill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, okay. Uh, yeah, exactly. And that one concludes, and it cuts into um, a villain from... Origins Volume 1, a guy by the name of Kincaid, I forget his first name, and he's some horrible child murderer. Drives around in an ice cream van, he's killed like 28 kids and keeps them in the freezers. And he's narrating his death. And you see him gestating in this weird, like, like, 
like orb growing in a tree, almost like a fetus or something. And he, he becomes his adult self and is like birthed from this weird alien looking tree and finds a bunch of other people who went through the same thing. And I guess this is some bizarre afterlife where his soul was uh, torn from wherever it's supposed to go and harvested in this orchard where a bunch of higher dimensional beings are plucking souls out of like the material world to use for whatever their own ends. Like this big angelic clockwork being appears to a bunch of them and it's like who among you sings the songs and there's this one woman who's been like singing hymns and stuff the whole time and she's like it's me lord i am your favorite i am your most devoted servant she's like you i will take and she grabs her and just like takes off into the sky like that's not god <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and there's this little girl that's explaining it to him. It's like, oh, she's uh, some kind of something from the fifth sphere of the Deadlands. She will bring them back, keep her in a cage like a songbird. I'm like, oh, that's not cool. <laughs> so they go on this long journey to um to make their way to wherever they're going. And more and more people from this group are being picked off. Like one guy, this ray of golden light comes down from the sky and incinerates them. And the little girl guide tells them it's like a a prime being from the 10th sphere of the Deadlands has chosen his soul to become a circuit in his macro computer. He is one of the lucky ones. <laughs> <laughs> and so Kincaid is finally the last survivor after everyone else has been carried off by giant spiders or some squid monster that looked like Elvis to lure another guy. <laughs> and you get this creature, the little girl guide, um, like rips off her skin and she ends up being this thing that calls itself Vindicator which is obviously like the same breed as Violator, those long, mm, yeah. like, reptilian-looking with the crazy jaws and the gangly limbs. And he's dragging Kincaid um, through this tower to get to the, the eighth sphere, Malabolgia, you know. And he's telling him, he's like, I'm doing you a favor, you know, we like the cut of your jib in the eighth sphere, you know, murderer, freaks, that's, that's what we're about. And it's better than being a fuel rod in the fifth sphere, some gourmet dish in the fourth. And he's going through and talking about what all these horrible monstrosities do in the different spheres of the Deadlands and how he's really, you know, he's doing him a favor. And so he takes him to Malabolgia, who armors him in a spawn suit, and, like, obviously the plan here is to send him to Earth, and we're going to see how he interacts with Al Simmons' spawn. It's going to culminate in some kind of conflict because spawn oh, killed wow. him. Yeah, yeah. That's really cool. And it's it's really interesting stuff. I, I liked—I I know it—I haven't really got into the stuff that directly involves spawn, but they're, like, setting up the cosmology of this setting, which I think is really, really interesting. So I'm excited to see where it goes. They're doing a lot of, like, really nice table setting to show you what happens behind the scenes of, you know, just, you know, because you, I'm content with spawn the character, the superhero from hell— He's got all these powers. But now you're seeing the game that's being played and that mm. he's not the only one. Yeah. You've got all these hell spawn on Earth with a limited power supply. And only a few of them will ascend to become officers in Malabolgia's army. So you Not know, like in a gotcha. movie where you saw floating islands full of right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, who are those guys? Like, no, there's this very complicated <laughs> process at work where they choose only the most powerful. And it's, I think it's going to be really interesting. It's obviously going to culminate in some kind of huge conflict, which is going to hmm. be neat. I'm sure the comics really cool. went way different ways than just like the HBO series because that was basically just like the origin and then up to right to fighting what's his name that was that put the hit on him in the first place. Yeah, I've, I'm surprised that Spawn hasn't got any kind of a reboot uh, in this day and age with comic movies and heroes and there's kind of rumors going around that it's being written and really McFarlane was just waiting for the right something or other, but yeah. <laughs> Strike while the iron's hot there, Todd. Oh, and I should clarify, that 
goofy, like, Brooklyn-esque voice to the, hey, I'm the Vindicator. That's actually, like, very deliberately written into his dialogue. Just like, like that. It's, it's, <laughs> it's supposed to be clear that's what he sounds like. I'm not... It's got a scratchy Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Just comes out occasionally. <laughs> very cool. Another successful comic dump then. Oh, yeah. Awesome. All right, everyone. And now joining us today, we have comic writer Sam Johnson to talk about some of his many projects going on. Thanks so much for being with us today, Sam. Thank you for having me. And I want to uh, thank you for you know sending us previews of all these books you've got. One, The Almighties. Two, Geek Girl. And three, Cabracini, uh, Voodoo Junkie Hit Woman. Uh, that title right there is that is a powerful combination. <laughs> yeah, people dig the title. Oh, it's good, man. It's good. So uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about each of these books? Okay, well, we'll, we'll start with Cabra. Cabra is, a, is an ex-crack whore who... who cleaned up her act, but kind of switched her, her drug addiction for an addiction to voodoo. She's kind of made her own bastardized version of, of the art, combining it with various magics, and she uses this um, to carry out hits. Uh, one of the main ways she uses this is she can access this dimension called the infinity, which is Limbo's quote-unquote crazy cousin locked away in the attic. She can use this to uh, as a shortcut. All she needs is certain items, including a, an, including a photo of the person she needs to find. And uh, she can use this as a shortcut from wherever she is and wherever she wants to go, wherever that is in the world. The only problem is she's kind of abusing the dimension using it this way, and it's kind of a nightmare place, and the rook, the ruler of it, doesn't really like her using it this way so he tries to dissuade her quite heavily as there's there's, there's a free Cabra uh, digital comic out actually called Dark New Year and that that pretty much takes place in the infinity so establishes that world very cool now what about uh, Geek Girl this was one that uh, we all gravitated toward for uh, one reason or another we'll touch on it here <laughs> in a little bit later but uh, yeah go right ahead yeah, well, Geek Girl is, is Ruby Kay, a hot college chick who mm-hmm. gets what she wants. On on a drunken whim, she overhears the this uh, the college brainiac geek, Trevor Goldstein, talking to his friend about these super tech glasses he's invented, which grant the user superpowers. She decides she wants them. She gets her and her friend, Stacy, get those two drunk and win the glasses off of them in a game of strip poker. And uh, then her friend Summer is, is quite in, less of a sort of uh, superficial it girl type who's more into the whole sort of superhero thing, kind of pushes her to actually use these powers. And, uh, yeah, so Ruby may find a, a new sort of calling for herself. There is a problem, though. There's a glitch in these glasses that are messing with her head in ways she's not necessarily aware of but the initial factor of that is that they render a super klutzy which is not an endearing trait to her <laughs> too cool for school friends right very cool now also the almighties this was like a uh, a team of six superheroes uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about that one yeah, the Almighty is is, uh, is a co-creation of mine and, and Canadian writer Mike Gagnos. Um, it's it's a comedy super team book. There's issue one and issue zero uh, are out. You can still get them at Comixology. Um, it parodies a lot of the superhero tropes. Almighty's one pokes fun at, at sort of the big Marvel events. Um, 
the issue zero is kind of more sort of establishing the characters in their own rights, but it's all quite ridiculous. I mean, one of the members is, is Stefanos, who's just some guy that works in a takeout. There's no apparent reason for him being in this team. His weapon is a, is a great big slab of meat, and he's also in high demand, works for Barack Obama as well. Again, no explicable reason for any of this. He's just some guy that runs a, a kebab <laughs> shop. Uh, but yeah, he's he's uh, very much sought after. So he's one of the members of the Almighty. You've got Maxitron, who's a, a, an egomaniac armoured uh, type that might remind you of someone. Uh, Miss F, who's a former downtrodden housewife, turns swinging superhero after breaking free from the shackles of a repressive marriage where her husband wouldn't let her use her superpowers. So that's that sounds all good, except she's kind of carrying around issues which she's uh, taking out on crime. Nightfang is uh, Nightfang and Mason are, are Mike's two characters. Nightfang is a cocky British punk rocker who's kind of an asshole, uh, and Mason is is a borderline psychopath so this is a this is quite a strange mix for a a, a team of superheroes and uh, they're brought together in on the almighty's one and then after the events of that uh, joe cyborg is a, is a shady character working for the white house is is looking at reforming them because they're done at the end of almighty's one and uh, as you mentioned six members the because of the dubious nature of some of these characters he's also looking at wayne winston who's a, a deadpool parodying character you may guess from the name as a potential replacement so that's kind of what's going on uh, and amid all that you've got the threat of a a giant robot Hitler uh, and an <laughs> eccentric uh, neo-Nazi called Whiteout, who will also um, be playing a part in um, in Macabre series in a in a much more serious way. But in this, it's uh, you know, Mighty's is is kind of all good uh, fun. Right, absolutely. I tell you what, these uh, comic books have characters that really stick with you um first <laughs> whether you like it or not well, well <laughs> hey i loved every bit of it but i've got to say you know, a few of the characters that stood out to me number one mason and only because you set it up like the a-team you know his whole origin story was wrongfully yeah. uh, accused of a crime he didn't commit you know he was put into this military stockade where he promptly escaped if you want him and you can find him Call Mason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, in Almighty Zero, we've got Joe Cyborg as, as with Stefanos reviewing the dossiers, and the, uh, Mason is a sort of deep was was a. a U.S. Uh, agent, but very, very deep, 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 deep undercover black ops. So there's no actual real information about him. So the only information that Joe Cyborg's been get to find, has been able to find out, is this thing that he reels off, and then at the end of it, staff Stefanos is like, "Hang on, isn't that just something from the A-team?" So <laughs> Mason's <laughs> smokescreened his origin and, and substituted it with uh, right. basically the title sequence of the A-team TV show. But when you, when you, uh, the little bit of uh, personality you get from him in that scene and just the visual of him, he looks like a perfect mesh of all four A team members actually rolled into one. He, uh, he was awesome. I, I, I love A team, so I'm sorry. <laughs> if I could, like, obfuscate my past and choose a new one, I'd probably have to go A team as oh, well. Oh, hell Can't fault yeah. That yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Get, get that band. <laughs> <laughs> there is, yeah, there's a, there's a kind of the element, the A team um, has, you know, a sort of fun element to it like you know amid all the violence from the tv series you know the amount of ammo they're expending no one ever actually got killed <laughs> right. uh, and you know they're making these these 
grade A scale weapons out of you know old bottles of coke and and so forth. So yeah, there's there's kind of that sensibility to it a bit. Although it, this the might pushes it further and is more ridiculous. I mean, a, a big thing with with Mason in in issue one is because he's used to you know working to his own rules. The only rule is there is no rules. Nice. And in this, <laughs> he's got a he's got to be he's got the no killing rule being enforced because you know they're supposed to be a bunch of superheroes, but he's he's constantly asking if he can quote unquote bend the no killing <laughs> rule. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, all three of these uh, different stories do they all exist in the same universe? Yeah, they do. Um, I say Whiteout will be who's in the Almighty's One will be appearing in the Carbon miniseries in a big way. Uh, Geek Girl, there's a villain called Mr. Mashup that uh, is the Geek Girl Zero has 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 been out for a while and had a few printings and that character uh, also features in the the Carbonini Dark New Year I mentioned. So there's a crossover there, but it's I think at the moment there's only been like sort of the villains crossing over to each other's books. I mean I'd like to cross the characters over but not just, you know, purely for the sake of doing a crossover. So right. they're quite disparate books. They've all they've all got quite different feels. Geek Girl is, is sort of more all ages. The Almighty's is sort of edgy humor and, and Carver is, is darker. So they're not like, you know, a bunch of Avengers books where it's you know it's it's a sort of obvious thing to cross them over. So if if that came up um, if, if the right idea came, then then I'd like to do that. But as it stands, they are in a shared universe, though. So, yeah. So, I mean, for those that, um, you know, enjoy Whiteout and the Almighties, it's going to be a while before there's another Almighties book, but the, the Cabra book will be coming out at the end of the year, so we'll be back in that. It's an awesome universe you're building right there. And uh, might I really quick also comment on the uh, females across this universe uh cabra geek girl and miss f uh, in particular these are some good looking gals you uh you guys do any pinups or anything of these gals pinups there's a few pinups the thing is with these have been in the works for a while and and when i started writing these it was back in the day when comics were 24 pages or mm. 22 to 24 and so there's not really room and then in the latest well the final issue of the Carbara for issue mini I, I tried to get it into 20 pages and because of the way the kind of breathing space it had, had before I found that was sort of compressing it too much so as it stands there's there's not really room for pinups in the books, but there are Facebook groups for for all of these. Um, and if you if you search Actuality Press on uh, Facebook, that will link you to all of them as well as being the publishing imprint. Um, so yeah, there's there's pin there's pinups all over the place now. Like Francesco, nice. who who likes he's, he's a big sort of cheesecake type artist. He's done one of Geek Girl with with Spider Man. Uh, there's there's I mean there's plenty of preview art. I mean the Covers for the for the Geek Girl uh, look great, and I haven't released any of them yet. So again, there'll be there'll be stuff get coming out, rolling out at the Facebook groups. Well, I can't wait to see that. Yeah. I think uh, the studio needs a Geek Girl on the wall somewhere <laughs> here. I think it would uh, really accentuate the. Uh 
the atmosphere. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the art, the art on Geek Girl is, is gorgeous. Carlos Granda is, is the artist. It took me a very long time to, to get the right artist for it because they had to be able to, you know, Geek Girl is hot. That is a big thing about her. So you, you've, you've got to have an artist that can deliver that, and he delivers that and, and so much more. I mean, the, the detail going into the pages just, and the, the detail and the, and the people in the background, he is the best artist I could have, have asked for. Um, so I'm very happy with how that's turned out. And that, I mean, the miniseries is... I'm just checking. Is it completely finished? Yeah, Geek Girl is completely finished. There's a, still a little bit to do of Carbra, but uh, both of them, the first issues, will be out by the end of the year. Well, that's awesome. And I, I yeah, we're going to have a Geek Girl in here. It's going to happen. I, I'm sure you're I, I just, It's just I, a matter of time. I love the attractive geek. Remember She's All That, the movie She's All oh, That yeah. with Freddie <laughs> Prince Jr.? Yep. That girl yeah. was a, a geek, but my God. You could see through it that she was good looking before she got all dressed up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think Geek Girl's the same kind of game. Mm-hmm. You get you two great tastes. That tastes great. There you go. There you go. <laughs> well, this the thing with Geek Girls, it's actually kind of a flip on that because Ruby K is like this hot, popular college chick, uh, and usually you're like you've got this, you know, the nerdy type of person. Your Peter Parker um, becomes the cool superhero, and this is the other way around because her friends perceive her, perceive Geek Girl as being something that's very uncool, but it's it's kind of a, a perspective oh, thing, and again, like it's like reverse. a. Living initially this superficial lifestyle and having then gained these powers, things are going to go in a different direction for her. But she is hot. Her friends are idiots. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note... Let's set the record straight on this once and for all. (laughs) Yeah, to set the record straight, Geek Girl's friends are idiots. (laughs) So uh, all of our listeners can check out uh, all the stuff you're working on at uh, samjohnsoncomics.wix.com, correct? Uh, no. No, okay. <laughs> Probably, that's, yeah. I mean, I've got some Wix sites, but I think the best thing to do is just to Google Sam Johnson Comics, and that will bring up my blog, and then that links to, there's, there's preview comics available for, for all the ones we've discussed, free digital preview comics, and you'll, you'll find links to the Facebooks and, and everything. So that's the, that's the one to go for. Just Google Sam Johnson Comics and then go to the blog. Very cool. And uh, Actuality Press is on Twitter as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm all over it. I mean, anyone that has me on Facebook will know how much I, I pimp my stuff. So, I mean, if anyone <laughs> add me on Facebook as well, then that's all good. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I pimp fellow creators as well. I mean, I enjoy, it's lucky because it it is, you know, as being an indie creator, it is something that you, you need to do. People need to hear about your stuff. And I'm lucky sure. in that I enjoy doing it. Um, and, like, find different ways to promote the Almighty's. Like we did, for example, we released um, an R-rated version of Issue Zero fairly recently, and we tied it in with the whole Civil War II thing, which I, I can never remember the tagline, but it's something about something the past, protect the future, something like that. And the, the, um, we did a parody of those ads that they kept uh, putting out with the Almighty's nice. with... Um, yeah, I've, I'm totally forgot the thing. Anyway, something funny. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed. Take your word for it. It's just as good as if I actually remembered it. Right. Well, very cool, man. Many uh, different outlets for people to check you out at. And we're also going to throw uh, links on our website to direct people your way. So, Absolutely. Sam, thanks so much for taking time to talk with us and share your art with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. 
Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to candairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, and if you want to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget to find us on Twitter at CandairPod and on Instagram at Canned underscore Air. What else? Am I forgetting? Check out some of the other great shows on Con Radio. Uh, if you like going to these conventions as much as we do, there's something in there for you. You're going to love these shows. Can't dare. Um, <laughs> I think that's going to do it, though, for this week. <laughs> it's a subliminal message. We got the there. important one. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for this week. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And that made me Sam Johnson. Thanks for listening, everyone. <laughs>